Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and share with a friend. I was so like excited about potentially playing for Arizona. Like I had um, a Shane Doan was on the team, and you know the type of mold of player that I envisioned I would need to be in the NHL. Like who else do you want to learn from than Shane Doan? When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down, and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious, and I don't care. I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going to town. That'll be a suspension. Uh, Blake Wheeler, welcome to the show, pal. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, finally get to meet you. Um, growing up in Boston and having retired from the Canadians, I was down in Beantown when uh, you ended up there. Yep. And, I, and I want to start this because and I want to go back to the beginning and playing in Minnesota and being as tall as you are and all that. But what the happened in Boston? Because here you are, you had a great start there in Boston. And then all of a sudden, I mean, they, they trade you. And I'm like, were you not being a Bruin? Were you not being a Bruin like uh, Phil Kessel wasn't being a Bruin? What, what was the deal with um, I, I think, I think it turned out to be a bit of a numbers game. You know, I think, um, I mean, we had some awesome teams. I mean, those teams were like, I mean, built to win really right away, clearly, because uh, the year I was traded, they, they ended up winning it all. So um, I think it was a numbers game. You know, I think um, like my role was sort of just diminishing, um, you know, some younger players were elevating their games, you know, like um, Marshy, Brad Marshawn had, uh, I think he'd kind of just been called up that year and he was kind of making a name for himself. And, um, you know, Tyler Sagan had just been drafted. Um, so, yeah, so I think it was probably a little bit of everything, you know, I think yeah. when you're, you know, I hadn't really established myself as a top six forward yet. You know, I was kind of like just one of, you know, just kind of, on the outskirts a little bit and I was expendable, you know, I think at the end of the day, and um, I wasn't a guy that clearly, you know, was, was going to get traded and they were going to miss a whole lot. And um, so that, uh, yeah, it was a, it was okay. a great lesson for a lot of reasons. You know, you missed out on a chance to win a Stanley cup, you get traded and uh, it's definitely a kick in the nuts for sure. So um, it was, it was a good, uh, it was a good lesson to learn as a young player. Um, then you got to play with me though. Then I got and to I, I needed I a, you know, I needed a line mate. So that's, that was a big, <laughs> we wouldn't be sitting here today if it didn't happen. So, um, so yeah, everything happens for a reason, right? Awesome. Yeah, it does. Um, it, it, listen, um, drafted in 04, you went to the Breck school in, uh, Minnesota, growing up in Minnesota. Um, you, you drafted fifth overall out of high school. Like, I looked at the numbers, okay? That's insanity. 27 games, 89 points. I mean, why couldn't you get 90? Christ. But <laughs> you, missed, um, you missed the you missed the, uh, the the three games of the state tournament. It ended up being 100. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't miss it because I mentioned that to Tim. You had 11 points in three games. I'm like, but. There you go. So it was 100, but, 90. Yeah, you had the hundo. So. I got the hundo. So. You get draft. Were you shocked getting drafted in the first round, fifth overall, being a, you know, what were you, eighteen year old kid? I, w I was shocked the fact that I was at the draft. To be completely honest with you, I mean, I had, who's now been my agent for you know what 
20 years. Um, you know, I went into that season, like not even knowing that I was draft eligible. And, you know, I, none of this was on my radar. And, um, you know, towards kind of the second half of that high school season, like, you know, I was starting to like talk to NHL scouts and stuff. And I'm just, I'm like, why am I talking to these people? I, I have no business talking to them, you know? And, and, and then he let me know like, Hey, you're draft eligible. Like, why not? You know, let's just, there's no harm uh, in doing it. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed, like, you know, uh, being a, I guess a tall kid that, you know, moved, moved decently for that age. Um, I, I guess that was an intriguing thing and just, you know, obviously, uh, uh, the upside game, right. When you're a prospect, uh, they're always projecting what your upside is. So, you know, when you're, you know, six, five and 180 pounds soaking wet, you know, they see uh, a frame that they can build on. And, um, so I was, yeah, uh, I, I had an inkling that I could potentially be a first round pick, which once again was, you know, kind of blew me away. And, um, when Phoenix made the pick, yeah, I, I was, I was shocked. Was your dad there? Was my dad there? <laughs> <laughs> his dad's like the biggest fan, right? I, his dad's the best. Was it? Was, uh, was yeah. The funny thing about that is like, it's, it's Wayne Gretzky on the screen, right? And, and I'm sorry, on the stage. And so like the whole place is going crazy and it's, in, it's in Raleigh, North Carolina. So like everyone's the Canes had just made their pick at four. They picked Laddie at four. <laughs> um, <laughs> Then Wayne Gretzky comes on stage and it's like kind of like pandemonium in there. Like, it's just like the whole buzz of the whole night is like right now. And then they make the pick and the place goes dead quiet. And everyone's like, <laughs> who the hell is that? <laughs> and the only voice you hear in the whole place is my dad. He stands up, he goes like, Blake, that's you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to go up there. Nah, that, that had to be awesome. What a feeling. Um, Christ, I always tell Tim back when I, I found I was in a bar when I got drafted. I didn't even we didn't go to the draft back then, right? You just heard about it. they sent me a letter two weeks later. Right. Yeah. But, show up. This is the thing. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was uh, crazy. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's constantly changing, but it was it was pretty cool to be a part of. I didn't know how long I was gonna be sitting there, but you know, I went from, you know, be a long be could be a long night to having dinner with Wayne Gretzky. So it was it was quite it was quite the night. That's cool. Now it, growing up um, in Minnesota, obviously hockey hotbed, uh, New England, Minnesota, um, both those areas produce a lot of players. Growing up there, though, being six five, being that tall kid, and I, I've seen in the NHL, I've seen guys come in that are so tall, they have a hard time, you know, moving the feet, and they get gangly. They, you know, like the baby deer sometimes. You know, I saw it with just Barry Kokanyemi here, and not that he's real, real tall, but he had these long, gangly legs, and he had a little difficult time skating. How was that for you? Was it was it tough, or did you pick it up right away? It was. Um, there was always like a year where I wasn't growing, and those were always really good years. And then it was like every other year, I felt like I would grow a lot. And the worst year for me, um, I think I was, uh, I was like. 14 or something. And I, I grew like six or seven inches in, in kind of a year. And, uh, I'll never forget my, my coach at the time kind of being like, like what, what happened to you? Like you can't, <laughs> you, know, you, can't you, you can't even stand up on the ice anymore. Um, and then like, I, I remember sort of that at the end of the year, like I kind of stopped growing and I figured, you know, I kind of reacclimated my body a little bit. And, um, that was 
that was kind of the growth spurt that got me into being like, you know, six, three. So I, I didn't grow a whole lot after that. And then from there, you know, it was more just filling out, you know, I was so tall and skinny, even when I was drafted, you know, and then um, I think a real blessing was, was going to the university of Minnesota, you know, so from the time I got drafted to the time I was in the NHL, that was four years. Right. So by the time I got to Boston, um, you know, I was, I was six, five and, and, you know, almost 220 pounds. So uh, the, the Bambi stage had kind of already passed a little bit, you know, I was kind of a little bit more ready just by virtue of having a little bit more time. You're also like a, you played other sports though in high school, right? Weren't you allowed to play football? You're kind of like a freak yeah. athlete too, right? Yeah. Receiver. Well, I, would, I don't know about a freak. I mean, freak. <laughs> Uh, You're just a freak, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I yeah played uh, played high school football. I mean, the year that we're talking high school hockey, uh, we won the state high school ho- uh, football tournament as well. Uh, smaller school, so don't get too excited. But um, that's yeah, actually funny. My son, you know, he's turning ten here pretty soon, so he's really getting into football now. And so now I'm I'm digging up old highlight tapes of fun too. Oh wow. So the draft there, fifth overall by the Yotes. And here's you end up signing with the Bruins. You don't go to to uh, Arizona. And I'm wondering what that's about. Is it about playing hockey in the desert or was it a financial decision? Because I have a really difficult time believing that the Bruins, because at a time they, they call it fiscal responsibility, but I call it they were fucking cheap. <laughs> and and I can't imagine they offered you more money than fucking Arizona. You know what? It was uh, it was neither. Um, I I played yeah I played my junior year in Minnesota, and um, I remember after that last game, like uh, my dad was there, like my agent now was there, and and we kind of like had like I had this feeling that like I was ready to take the next step. Um, and all along that whole year, like I was I was so like excited about potentially playing for Arizona. Like I had um, a Shane Doan was on the team and, you know, the type of mold of player that I envisioned I would need to be in the NHL. Like who else do you want to learn from than Shane Doan? And, um, you know, I'd been to a few games, like when they played the wild in Minnesota and like, I mean, he treated me like gold. Like I would go down to the locker room after the game and this guy, I mean, I wasn't the gum on his shoe at the time, but he, I mean, he would take time. He would talk to my parents. I mean, he was like the, the most, like the classiest guy you could imagine. So I was like, I was so excited to play with Shane Doan. Um, Peter Mueller was a high school teammate of mine at, at Breck actually. Um, so I knew him. I knew like a few, like a handful, like Keith Yandel I knew from USA camps. Um, I got, there was just like a, a crop of young players who I had either been to like development camps with or played USA camps with. So I was like, man, this is gonna be, this is gonna be great. Like if I could play on that team, I was so excited. Um, and, and after that game, like, that's kind of what I, I said. I was like, all right, like, I'm, let's, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. And my agent was like, hold the phone here. You know, they're maybe not quite as excited as you are. Um, so that was, I think what happened was, you know, from the time I got drafted, I think everyone that was a part of the group that drafted me got fired, <laughs> whether I was responsible for that or not. Um, so there was a whole new regime. There was a whole new, like, like there was four years of like prospects that had been building up ahead of me. So I think they kind of had like a group of prospects that, you know, they were excited about that were their own prospects. Um, and it's not like I, you know, lit up the world in college hockey. Like I, I did well in college and everything, but it's not like I was, you know, leading the country in scoring. There wasn't like a whole lot to be super excited about. So 
Um, that, and that's when, yeah, my, my agent was like, you know, we can, de we can declare that you're turning pro and then that basically starts the clock and then you can be a free agent and we'll see if there's a team that, you know, maybe, you know, has a little bit more desire for you than, than, you know, Arizona currently has. And, uh, and to be honest with you, I made substantially less money by going to Boston just by virtue of being on the new CBA. I was drafted in 04, which was still the old CBA. So uh, that signing bonus for fifth overall would have, you know, I mean, that was, that was real money. That was like a million bucks, I think. So uh, going to Boston, it was, it, it went from like 900 something per year signing bonus to like 90. 90. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. I knew it was going to go. <laughs> uh, what was yeah. your signing bonus, Knox? Did you have one when you signed? Um, 7,500 Canadian whopping Canadian what, dollars. What was, your, what was yours, Buster? Uh, mine was actually, I, I, I could jump in on this conversation. Yeah. They, you're probably old CBA, so you're probably cleaned up. No, they, what they did, it was my age. I was like 26. So they did, uh, it was like two, two fifty or something. They put all three years into like one or something. They just felt bad for you. Like, this guy and I just to... spent it all. Like I was rich. Yeah. This guy could use the money. Yeah. Oh, anyways. So those, and, and again, I look at your numbers and Christ, you've been as consistent a player um, that there is in the NHL. And that says a lot about you as a hockey player and as a person. And um, you, you, you put the numbers up, you're the captain now of the Jets. And looking back, your Boston years there, you got to play with Buster and you get to Winnipeg. Um, Claude Julian was a coach in Boston, right? When you would have, okay. So Claude, then you had uh, Rama in in Atlanta, and then you start with Claude Noel. Um, but the guy I want to talk about is Paul Maurice. And uh, listen, it, you played for the three coaches before, and you and he comes in. What was the biggest difference for you with a guy like Paul Maurice? than your previous three coaches. And, and and what is it about that guy? Because there's something about him, right? It, like he, he's well-liked and he's successful as a coach. I'll never forget Paul's first meeting with us. Um, you know, things hadn't, you know, gone well with, uh, with, with uh, Claude Noel. Um, you know, we just, we just were kind of in a, in a funk and they made the, uh, they made the coaching change. And so we were all kind of like, not knowing what to expect. We were all just a little bit like skittish and Paul walked in the room and we're all sitting there and it's dead quiet. And I, I don't know if this is like a plan thing that he does, or like if he rehearses this in front of the mirror or something, but he has glasses and like he takes his glasses off and with his like deep kind of like bass voice, he's like, gentlemen, my name's Paul Maurice. Uh, I'll be your new head coach. And it was just kind of like, that was it. And everyone was like, oh. <laughs> we're like standard attention you know like do whatever you say um we i mean he had the room from day one like he had us eating out of his hand from day one um and i think to answer your question the thing that stands out about paul that the players really respond to really well um is is you're not just like a name on the lineup chart to him you know you're not just like a piece of meat like i think that he genuinely does care about the guys um, he gets to know you a little bit as a person. Like he asks about your family, about your kids, about your parents, about just things like that maybe going on in your life that actually might affect your performance that 
Um, I, I, I'm sure that never happened to you back in the day. <laughs> but, um, you know, for the players, like, never. To, yeah, exactly. To have a conversation with your coach and it's like, wow, like, this guy knows, like, knows me. You know what I mean? A little bit. That I think that makes all the difference and it makes the guys go that extra little, like, bit for the coach because it's like, well, he's clearly invested in me. He sees me as a person, not just a piece of meat. And, and, and you reciprocate that too, right? Then you start treating him the same way. You know, you don't like, if he makes a decision that maybe isn't in your best interest, you're like, well, maybe he's not just fucking me. Maybe this is actually better for the team. Right. And, and I think that that just creates a better vibe in the room. Yeah. You build like that trust, right. Sounds like I've heard nothing. I've heard all the amazing things about him. I never really, obviously I never played for him, but yeah. And I, to, yeah, like just to, to, to sit down and talk to the coach about something that's not just about how you fucked up the night before um, is kind of unique, you know, and it's kind of cool. And then, yeah, it's, it's like there's actually a relationship there. Whereas, you know, any other time you talk to a coach, it's like, oh, my God, like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> how, did, <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. how did I screw up last night? You know, the video starts and you're like, oh, no, not again, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. So, uh, what about the coach now? Uh, you, have you got to meet him yet, or do you know much about him? And that's bone. That's then his kid. His son was like our in Winnipeg, wasn't he? Like our yeah, Ryan Bonus, who I believe is now the assistant GM for the Ottawa Senators. I believe he's uh, yeah, he's come a long way. Um, he was um, player services. Yeah, that's right. Right. Um, for just I think that first year when you were there. Mr. Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> yeah, that so was I, my nickname, Nux, was Mr. Winnipeg. And uh, it wasn't yeah, for like Winnipeg. the way I played on the ice. So that's for sure. Yep. Um, you, 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 uh, <laughs> the social. Uh, yeah, yeah, Booty Shake Mondays. Booty Shake Mondays. <laughs> shake Mondays. I don't think, don't quote me on this, but I don't think they're like the Palomino Club moved. So I don't know if they're still a thing. Oh, everything shut down when I left. That's, you know. I, yeah, I, it couldn't be the same, right? No, I'm sure. I, I, since I haven't, I just been there the one time. It was a little bit different, but yeah, right. You mean you don't <laughs> go back, Tim, in the summers? Well, not yeah. that I do, but I just don't. No one knows about it. No one disguise. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I've met Bones a few times. Um, talked to him on the phone a bunch in the summer. Um, you know, talked to him here uh, in Winnipeg a few times, and I've heard nothing but great things. You know, I've heard nothing but you know, kind of the same things about Paul. You know, just very good communicator, you know, like has the players backs. And so I, I, I anticipate it being a, a really good, uh, a really good fit for our team. So Winnipeg, now that we're talking about Winnipeg and everybody, it, listen, it, you talk around the league and you're going to Winnipeg, everybody's like, Oh, fucking Winnipeg. Right. It's, it it's just one of, and people say, where do you love to play the most? Oh, I love playing in Montreal, the bell center, right? Winnipeg's the, the opposite. But back in my day, all the guys who played there said they friggin' loved it. I mean, Serge Savard, who I played with here at the beginning, played two, three years. He retired. Then he ended up, Fergie got him out of retirement. He went to Winnipeg. He said he loved it. He said, everybody loves Winnipeg who plays there. Like, what is it? Is it because the only game in town, uh, the people, what is it? I think both of those things for sure. Like, being the only show in town is – is pretty unique. Like I've, I've compared it to like, I played in coded Buster, like both played in green Bay on the USHL. So you kind of get like that, almost that green Bay Packers type of vibe, you know, where, um, 
like the community just rallies around the team. You know, the, the community just loves the hockey team, right? And um, so it's it's pretty wild. Like the things you read in the media sometimes from like the Winnipeg media, like you, you feel like a very negative vibe. But everywhere that I've gone um, in town in my 11 years here, even if like we've just shit the bed for weeks straight on end, like we get nothing but love in this town. You know, everywhere we go, no matter how good or bad the game is, like they're just so grateful to have a team back that it's like, you can do no wrong. The people just, they're such good people. Um, and they're so good to us that I think it just, it makes it a fun place to play, right? You can go out in town and and not get your, your brains bashed in every day. If, if things aren't going well, it's like, you know, Hey, great game last night, Blake. And you're like, you like I was awful. Like <laughs> We were terrible last night. Stop so lying. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So um, that's that's been my experience. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I like. How that, about you? Buster? I like that yeah. Packers reference. That's a good yeah. one. No, yeah. I was just thinking too. It's kind of like playing in Atlanta when we played with the Thrashers. Yeah, it was exactly. like complete opposite knocks. Like you know, I always say you could hear like a guy coughing in section three hundred. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, Atlanta was literally polar opposite, like the opposite of winnipeg it was uh Op- like, yeah like my brother i remember my brother came to for in town for a game and told the people at the hotel like at the front desk like he's coming to watch a thrashers game and they were like is that that lacrosse team yeah i had an awesome atlanta experience like a few years after we left there my buddy and i we were driving my car down to florida we have a place in florida and we stopped in atlanta for the night and it was the night of like um there was a huge a huge fight like it might have been mcgregor and um it was one of McGregor's fights and there was like this huge line at this, like the only place in Buckhead showing the fight. And he's like, well, dude, like you played here, go, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work here. So I did, I went up and I went to the bouncer. I'm like, uh, I'm like, Hey man, um, like I, I played for the thrashers. Like, would you let me and my buddy in? And like five people in line heard it and they're like, this guy, this guy played for the <laughs> and the bouncer started laughing at me too. He's like, nah, man, like, sorry. And I, oh, I was so embarrassed. Like, oh, I bet, man. I've never heard that. That's amazing. Oh, oh yeah. That's awesome. I got to ask you the, um, the lockout, yeah. You go to uh, Germany, right? And I, 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 I asked you because it's funny. I look back when I retired. I had an opportunity to go to Bolzano in Italy. And I'm like, I don't want to bring my family all the way over there. Uh, language, everything. And I kicked myself in the ass for not doing it. But how was that experience? I mean, one year with the Jets, then you end up going over there for, what, 15, 15 games you played there. But how was that? Like, yeah, you hadn't played in the NHL for a bit, and all of a sudden you're in Europe. It was incredible. Like, the crazy thing was, um, like, we had just had uh, our – son um and so like a few you know not long after that um my, my wife will know the exact day if you're you know how, how many days it was if you want to know <laughs> but, uh, but i was like i was in a contract year like i never really like kind of earned a big deal so it was like i gotta i gotta go play i can't just sit on my ass and you know party all lockout so i had a yeah, great opportunity to play in munich and um sam and louis came in and met us over there like you know when, when louis was like a month old and um we had like the most incredible experience munich is such a cool city um you know the the fans there were awesome uh my good buddy paul stasny came over we played together over there 
Um, so we just had a, a blast to the point where now Louis like, like, like kind of the coolest thing that he thinks has ever happened to him is that he lived in Germany for you know, two months when he was a month old. Um, he wears a Bayern Munich jersey everywhere he goes now. Like, it's crazy, but it, it like it was it was a really cool experience, and um, I'm I'm grateful that I had that chance because I probably won't do it after, you know at the end of my career, but it was a good time to do it when I did it. For sure. Um, talking, um, playoff hockey and looking back in 2017, 2018, hell of a year. Um, and, and then you fucking hit Vegas. Like, man, I, I thought you guys were going to final for sure. And then it was, to me, it was a bit of a shock, uh, four, one to Vegas. I mean, Vegas shocked everybody, obviously, but uh, how difficult was that? I mean, you know, you leave Boston, they win the cup. It's like, ah. Uh, and, and I remember we won in 86, but up until that point, I'm like, we hadn't, we hadn't reached the conference final one time. And then we got to the Stanley cup. Thank God we won it because I, that year afterwards, I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to get back there. We didn't fucking get back there. Yeah, I mean, it is freaking so hard to get through the NHL playoffs, but yeah. How, how was that season for you? Yeah. I, I, I remember like the same thing. Like when I'm, you know, when I was in Boston, um, the veteran guys on the team were like, listen, guys, we got to cash in on this opportunity that this, this group has. Cause like, you don't realize how hard this is. And me being my first couple of years, I'm just like, yeah, okay. We're, you know, well, we'll this is going to, we'll do this every year. No problem. Like this is, this is, uh, this is actually easier than you guys are making it out to be like, we're going to have a chance to win this, you know, every year for the next 10. Um, then yeah, get traded. And, you know, in Winnipeg, it's like, we didn't make the playoffs for like five, six years. Um, you know, have to like really, I mean, wait out kind of a, a rebuild process to, to build ourselves back up and, and to see that through and then kind of make it to the playoffs and then make it to the point where you're, you know, you're a real, a true competitor. Um, that was, yeah, it was, it was, I, I think we all believe that we, we, we had the, the best team left, you know, in the final four, like after we beat Nashville, like Nashville was, you know, they, they won the president's trophy that year. They were kind of like, it was us and them were the one and two teams in the league all year. And once we, once we got through them, you know, I think we had a real strong belief that we were going to, you know, we were going to make it on at least to the, the next round. And, you know, we, we beat them, we beat Vegas pretty good uh, in game one after, you know, an emotional game seven in, in Nashville. And so I think we're feeling pretty good about it. And then, it, you know, you can say what you will, but like, team of destiny or bad bounces and all those things, all those things might be true, but I mean, they, they just had a, they had a heck of a team, you know, they had a really good team. And um, we just ran into, I mean, you know, flurry was hot, you know, he stole a couple of games and um, it really, it, it honestly came down to like one play every game, you know, like late in every game. It's like, shit, you know, that's a game we could have won or should have won and it just didn't go our way, but yeah, it, it hurt bad. You know, it hurt bad because then, yeah, you know, the next year, like we were kind of one of the best teams all year, and then sort, you know, the second half we faded, and then we run into St. Louis, who kind of, you know, they were the same thing. Like they were, they just they caught lightning in a bottle, and um, you know, they were just they were tough, man. I mean, they 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 won it all that year. So, and then and then like you said, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, we 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 don't make the playoffs last year, and and um, you're kind of like shit. You know what? Uh, that those are opportunities that you don't get back. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, I look around, there's always guys, I, I feel so fortunate to have won one, 
And I, I, if I left school early, I had a chance to win one my first year, but I didn't. I stayed in school another year. Then I retired in 92 and the Habs won it the next year. So I, that one right in the middle, if I never won that, I've been like ripping my hair out that I never won a Stanley Cup. Now, I look around the league and there's guys that, like you, I, I said, you're a consistent player, you show up, you respect the game. You, you don't cheat the game. You don't cheat your teammates. And there's certain guys you pull for. And certainly uh, you're one of those guys. And looking at this now, and I saw it today somewhere, and I didn't hate to bring this up. I remember my first year, and I was sitting in the room laughing after practice, and Larry Robinson come up to me, and he goes, you're having fun, aren't you? And I go, yeah, yeah, I love it. It's everything, you know, I'm, I've always wanted to be here. He said, well, enjoy it because it's going to go like that. And I'm like, fuck off you. I, well, I don't want to hear that. You're now the 17th oldest player in the league. Oh, <laughs> Asshole knuckles. But <laughs> being that 17, you're 36 years old. You, you just talked about Winnipeg. You went through that rebuilding. And, and now that team kind of four years in a row were in the playoffs. And then last year was a down year. And and how difficult was that? And and what do you look? You know, your name's out there, right? The trade rumors and all that. This is part of the business. We know that, but it still sucks. Uh, what's it look like for you here uh, this year? Yeah, I think like last year was just a just a just a shit year. You know, for so many. I mean, in every way, shape, and form, right? I mean, you know, we lose. Paul halfway through the year and, you know, we have, you know, to deal with a coaching change that just kind of is out of nowhere. Um, you know, we go into the year with, I think, high expectations. Like, you know, you, you add guys like Nate Schmidt and, and Brendan Dillon and you look at our roster and you think, wow, that's a, that, that team is built to win now. Right. And um, so to, to fall short of expectations is tough. It sucks. Um, and that's part of the business, you know, when you don't, reach expectations then you know you start looking at okay well how do you make changes how do you make this better and um so yeah i mean i've, I've been real fortunate in 11 years here in winnipeg like i haven't had to deal with a whole lot of that you know potentially being traded or moved and um so i, I think it's just one of those things you take in stride and you know wait see what happens and you know here we are we're you know still in the same spot and and i think uh we're still excited about our team. Like, it's not like, you know, we, we, you know, made a bunch of trades and now we're, we're talking about a rebuild here. I think, uh, you know, I think management is just kind of stayed patient and just, you know, has faith in our group that, uh, you know, last year was kind of an anomaly and, and, you know, there's a lot of lessons, good lessons to be learned from, you know, from failing, from having a bad year, from not reaching expectations. And now it's just a matter of what, what, what do we do with it? Right. You know, I think, um, what I've seen so far is, I mean, guys have a chip on their shoulder, you know, the talk this summer, um, it's uh, the great thing about our team is that we all get along real well. You know, we got a team that, that likes each other and we've been talking all summer and, and kind of the vibe is just like, we're not real happy with the way, the way things went. You know, there's, there's a, there's a real vibe in our room right now that, uh, Hey, you know, say, say what you got to say, because Clearly, when you meet expectations, that's part of the business. But, um, you know, we're hopefully, you know, looking to turn this thing around this year. 
How are you feeling physically? Was that last year kind of like you like speaking of consistency? You weren't injured much in your career, were you? No, I've been man. I've been so lucky. And um, last year was like the first year where like I had, and I actually got lucky with the injury too. Like I, you know, grade grade three MCL, um, just kind of a freak play. Um, but that was like right when COVID kept shutting games down. So I, I, you know, I had a, I had a six to eight to 10 week injury and I only missed like eight games. You know, I got really lucky, um, with the timing of it. So, um, my body feels great, man. I mean, 36 and 17th oldest player in the league. I don't, I don't feel (laughs) it. You know, I think, um, like I said, with, with kind of avoiding some of the big, you know, injuries over my career, I've been, been lucky to, to not, uh, not take a whole lot of that. So, um, I don't feel like it, you know, I feel good. I feel as good as I've ever felt. So I'm, you know, just, I guess, just keep going until uh, they tell me to. I played with Chelios when he was 48. You think you could play 12 <laughs> more years? No, I, 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 know, I know I can't do that. I know I can't do that. Oh, wow. I, uh, definitely, have two, I definitely have two, and um, then we'll see what happens. Yeah, you do have two, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. And you talked about that team and how you get along. And last year, listen, a lot of times when things don't go well, and you know, guys, uh, some guys are more outspoken than others. Mark Shifley talked about kind of threw some things out there that he maybe didn't want to be there. Is that, and I'm not trying to get you to, I guess, not talk about your teammates, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's something I'm, I'm kind of interested in. in a Canadian market. That's all you hear Canadian stuff all the time. Right. You know, and, uh, Shifley buying in, he's going to be here this year with you and, and, and try and, turn this thing around i literally like i just left the rink and we like kind of literally just had a conversation about that not just randomly it was uh more about the media and, and just you know some sometimes things get taken out of context but i think you know the thing i know about shife is i mean he's just he's a very passionate guy right i mean he loves the game um he loves his team you know, he's invested a big chunk of his career to being a Winnipeg Jet. And when things don't go well, yeah, I mean, there's frustration. And, and you know, you some, I'm, I'm, man, I'm guilty of it more than anyone. You get me in front of a microphone when things don't go well, and I'm bound to say some shit that, <laughs> you know what I mean? That you, that you gotta, you gotta think about a little bit. So, um, no, there is no concern whatsoever on his commitment to our team. I think, um, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Mark, but I, I know that he wants to do well. He wants his team to win. He wants to um, have success. And when those things don't happen, then you start you start venting a little bit. And it is what it is. You know, none of no none, none of us on the team were looking at that saying, oh, man, why did Shay say that? I think we we're all kind of saying shit, you know. We agree. Yeah, we're, right right right. Like, we're, all, we're all pissed. Like, yeah. so, you know, good on him for like, it's too bad that sometimes it happens in the media, but whatever. Like. No problem. Yeah, that's the thing. And Canadian markets, and, and especially this one here, it's like Nick Suzuki yesterday. They name him captain. They're already saying, learn learn French. Are you taking French yet? Like, you know, they're all over the kid. And and it, it's certainly enough pressure. But, you know, again, the big contract, you put up the numbers, and that comes with it, right? So you, you still you still feel for the kid in that. That's the first thing they want to fucking point out. Do you speak French? 
And 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 that's it a little bit different than this Canadian market because you got both languages and there's always there's always something that way. But um seventeenth oldest player in the league. Now I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> just to remind you. Yeah, just to if remind you, forgot, you. If you forgot. Let's hammer what, that. <laughs> what does this old bastard say to the eighteen year old Blake Wheeler? If it, all you've been through now that 1,046 games, what you've accomplished in this game. What does the 17th oldest player in the league now say to the young Blake Wheeler if he's coming into the league? Watch out for this. Do this. Don't do that. I would say it sounds weird, um, but I, and it's, it's kind of that's it, like what I'm going to say next is kind of a double-edged sword because I think that this has probably been a huge driver in, you know, playing as long as I've played and the success and all that. But I've just been so fucking hard on myself for, you know, for all those years and all those games. And um, looking back, the perspective is, is obviously a lot easier to say, man, like you don't have, you didn't have to live, you didn't have to live like that for, you know, you have to put yourself to the ringer every day. And, um, but I think, I think that was a really, like, that was a useful tool for me, you know, to push myself to kind of like motivate myself for a long time and, um, you get to a certain point where you can't do it anymore. Right. It just, that, that, that tank is empty. And, um, so it's been, I think, I think I've matured a lot in the last few years for sure. And, and kind of looked at myself and, and the game a little bit differently, but, um, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, you, you say, Hey man, you know, be, uh, you don't have to be so hard on yourself. And you say that to an 18 year old kid and shit, you know, maybe you don't play in the NHL at all. Right. So yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't know, right. But uh, anyway, that, that, I guess that's what, that's what happens when you, when you get to be the 17th oldest player in the league, you start thinking that way. Did that turn at all? Like for you personally, you might, we might even talk about this when you became captain, like you, you probably realized you couldn't be that hard on you. Does that make sense? When I'm asking yeah, it makes sense. But I think it was the opposite. I think um, like, I think I was always really hard on myself and I think, becoming captain, like kind of like put it into overdrive. It was like, oh, wow. yeah. you know, like a little I, more pressure, feel it, right? Pressure is like tenfold and, you know, answering the questions every day. Um, and just kind of look like, I know my teammates are looking at me to, you know, you, you, you kind of never can be off, right. You can never uh, have your foot off the gas. And so that, like, I take a lot of pride in that, like showing up to work every day and being, you know, trying to be the hardest working guy and set the example that way. Um, and, um, but yeah, I think like when, when, a inevitably when a game doesn't go your way, cause you know, we're fucking human beings and things happen out there. Um, inevitably, yeah, there's gonna be, you know, days and where you're just, you're just, just killing yourself. Right. For, for having a bad game or having a, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. a human moment, and, like my biggest fear, like not fear, but like the worst thing that could happen would be like you know, play on a Saturday night and then you don't play again until Tuesday and you have a bad game Saturday. And it's like, I got to live with this for Sunday, Monday, you know, and I don't, I don't get a chance for redemption. Until, so anyway, those are things as you get older, you start to deal with a little bit differently. But yeah, I think, I think being captain, it definitely, it pushed it for sure. Yeah. Listen, I've seen you and, and listened to you quite a bit on TSN over the years. I've been back here for 12 years now. So TSN, it's just, the coverage is unbelievable. And certainly seen you, um, talk quite a few times after games or whatever and you've always um handled yourself well and and, and spoke you've always well. lied it's really good impressive. You lied. 
really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, like sometimes, and you know, you you guys know this, but sometimes you get the questions, and it's like your insides are just exploding, you know, and um, that's where it's tough. <laughs> that's where it's really tough. Well, we had listen, we had Max on, all right, Pat Charetti. and 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 Max, I remember when he got the captaincy here, and like man, being a goal scorer like that, and the pressure here he'd have an off game they'd be up his ass he'd have to talk about the team then you got the french guys going and the english guy it's just insane but to max's credit when he came on here and and max got fed up with all that shit at the end it was it was hot on him but he said on here with me and tim how when he went to vegas he kind of missed that he had to find it within himself he had to he had to put the pressure on himself he said that the team wasn't, management wasn't, they, they, no one was, the fans weren't, the media wasn't. And he said, I, I really had to find that within myself for the first time because it was always coming from the outside when he was here. So it was pretty interesting statement. Canadian market is a whole fucking different animal than playing in, in fucking California. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where, you know, when you say, what would you say to your 18-year-old self? Like, that's where I kind of know that um, – the pressure is, you know, it's high, but, you know, sometimes that's, that's what's needed, you know, like that's what like the kick in the ass you need sometimes. And to know that, like for me to know that when I go to the rink, like I'm playing in front of people that, that actually care, like they're not just going there to socialize and get out of the house. Like they, not like my neighbor, you remember my yeah. neighbor? <laughs> no, they, like, they, hey, you ever check Patrick Kane? You're like, dude, you looked at me, you're like, this is a real question. And he, that's what my neighbor asked this duck because I felt I was so embarrassed. Like, he's, oh, I, happen, <laughs> well, I think he asked, have you ever played against Patrick Kane? Yeah, it was something like you ever better like you just looked at me and I'm like, sorry, dude. Anyways, go ahead. Is he really good? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Good. yeah. Um, no, but yeah, I think like knowing that you're playing against, you know, playing in front of people that that care, you know, they care about what you're doing. Like that, that's motivation in and of itself to be like, you know. I gotta, I gotta bring it every night because these people aren't just here to, you know, just BS. Like they're here because they, they love the game, they love the team, and they want to see us do well. So I think that's been a really big driver in my career and especially the success that we've had here in Winnipeg. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, looking at the Habs a couple of years ago when they went to the final, when they got to Winnipeg, I couldn't believe what happened. Yeah, like yeah, we couldn't believe it. Not to bring up bad shit, but th- th- listen, you talked about it earlier, caught lightning in a bottle, and Price was as as good as he could be. And for sweeping the Jets, I was I was freaking shocked. Like, did, did you guys, what, what happened there? That, like, Well, yeah, so like when the, when the matchups came out and we were playing Edmonton in the first round, I think we were all kind of like, you know, because Edmonton had, like, Connor had, like, you know, 50 points against us in nine games or something like it was like, it just, it just wasn't fun. Right. And we're kind of like, you know, we're going to play these guys seven times. Like this is going to be great. So, um, so when we swept Edmonton, we're kind of like, Oh, you know, maybe we figured something out here. You know, if we got, got our, got our, got it together. And, um, and we were like, we were de- like, we were 1000% sure that we were playing in Toronto in the next round. Um, you know, I think they played like a game, five you know like the night after we beat edmonton so we're watching that and like expecting toronto to win they don't and it kind of just keeps going like that for like eight days right and we're just kind of sitting ass like waiting for the next game um and i think that 
you know, our mistake was that we didn't prepare both ways, right? Like we, we, we were so dead set that we were going to play Toronto um, that when it was Montreal, it's like, holy shit, like, okay, we got to, we got to start over here. We got to, and, and we had like a day to prepare. Um, and I think it's sometimes, yeah, when you, when you're the team sitting around and, and the other team just kind of came back and they're on a roll and they're feeling good. Um, and they were, they were hot, you know, they, they came back and they beat Toronto. So they were, they were flying. Uh, and then we, you know, losing Shife game one for the rest of, the, you know, for the next four games was just like, that was a killer, you know, that, that hurt big time. So now, you know, now we're just playing kind of shorthanded for the rest of the way. And we just, yeah, I think what I said after that series was we just could never get the first goal. You know, they scored the first goal and every game for the rest of the way that they won, they scored the first goal and they were just so committed to, you know, defense and in front of price. And it was just really tough once you got behind. You know, we're trying to find um, Big Buff because we want to have Big Buff on here. How was Big Buff? And I'm not asking you because I, I was asking Tim and fucking Tim. I got to get him to get it done. I have to get him in a headlock, but I'm never in the same state. Um, big Buff as a teammate and then as a player on your team. How, how was this guy? Because I just I loved watching him. I loved his attitude on the ice everything you like there's no nobody has ever or will ever be buff ever again right in the nhl I mean, he was like one of a kind um you know his yeah him in the room you know he was just such a great uh such a great you know like change up from from me you know i'm, I'm pretty like driven and sometimes like over serious and take things a little bit too seriously. And like, he just comes and just BSs all day, right? He's just there to have a good time and messes with guys. And um, so he was a great, a great change up for me. Um, and as a player, like I said it a million times and I'll say it a million more, like there's, there's not a guy I would trade Buff for, you know, when Buff was playing on our team in his prime, there's not a guy in the league I'd trade him for. Um, like his A game was, Ask, ask any, ask if you guys get any top guy, you know, in the NHL, I don't care what their name is, who they are, ask them, you know, who they hated playing against the most and their name, they will say buff. Cause you don't know, cause because of how big he is, because of how well he moved, but also because you don't know what the hell he's going to do. Yeah. Like, like when JT Miller scored that goal and he decapitated him, like he, <laughs> he will do that and he doesn't give two shits about it. Yeah. Um, so like I, I took him for granted for sure. Like I, I took him for granted, like just in terms of how easy he made the game on, on us because of how well he moved the puck. Um, but just because of his presence on the ice too. Like, I mean, you had an extra little bit of ice out there because they, you had to deal with buff and nobody wants to deal with him. Right. Like he's, he's just, man, he was a special guy. So um, I saw him once this summer, he came to my daughter's birthday party and he's same, same. Loving life, hunting, fishing, hanging out, you know, just enjoying himself. So I think he's in a good spot. Hey, well said. I don't have more. You played. Oh, fuck. Oh, here he is. Oh, here he is. Gary. I know I have to ask a question, at least one question, because I. How did you know I, I was even finished yeah, yet? Yeah, we have more. I heard a nice Jesus pause. This is I heard part a nice one. pause. This is part I was one just waiting this. for Tim. No, go ahead. This is part one of the documentary. <laughs> 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 No, go ahead. Barry. No, Blake. 
Blake has had an unbelievable career. I think the most underrated career, almost the point of game. When I saw that, I, I couldn't believe it. So it's just. Yeah, because you thought he was, quiet... his name was Jack. No, yeah, I know. I was looking for Jack all that time. About it. Yeah. He's like hockey yeah. DB and Jack Wheeler. Jack Wheeler is a point This guy sucks. He's no. Fucking <laughs> no, but it's unbelievable. Is there any game? You've had such a long, successful career. Is there any game that stands out in your career that you say is like the, an unbelievable game that you played that you just think back on that's just, you know, special? I mean, the ones that stand out are like the, you know, like the first game, obviously, because like I still didn't, you know, I still didn't believe that like I belonged out there, you know, and I'm just like, what the hell am I doing out here? And um I was playing on a line with David Krejci and, uh, and Chuck Kobusu. And like, I'm just like, I have no business being out there. You know, like I remember, I remember being on the defense zone draw and I, I knew Paul Stasny pretty well at that point already. And he was playing for Colorado and he had Joe Sackick on his, on his wing and we're lining up the draw. And, and he's, he's, he's like, like wheels, what's going on? And I'm just, I'm terrified. I'm like, oh, you know, I line up, I'm lining up next to Joe Sackick and I'm like, how fast is this going to be in our net? You know what I mean? I need to escape this ship just to prolong my career by one more ship, you know? And, and so um, that one stands out. Like the, the thousandth game last year stands out just, you know, um, it was pretty sweet to my family out on the ice with me and, and um, playing against Toronto at home. Like it was just kind of like a perfect uh, perfect way to celebrate. What about the game where like the guy threw like the authentic Wheeler jersey and it like unravels? <laughs> That one stands out in a bad way for that was uh how do you you'll probably remember this one. Uh when when we were up three nothing on Philly and then they came back and beat us in game seven. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah you, you were there you were there for that? I didn't know you were there. there for that. You guys threw it that. Yeah, so we go through the handshake line and we had just, you know, we had just a blown a three game series lead and blown a three goal lead in game seven. And we're going through the handshake line and I'm just, you know, we're all just kinda like, what just happened? And I'm like circling back to like go back to the, you know, the bench to like leave the ice. And I, a guy is so mad that he chucks a Bruins jersey on the ice from the stands, and like it's like falling to the ice. And as it like falls, it flips over face down, and with the Wheeler twenty six is like face up. <laughs> Ooh, like, well, that's how mad that's how mad this guy was. Like, that was like a two hundred fifty dollar authentic jersey, and he's like, I don't even want to look at this anymore. <laughs> so. Oh. That's that's one of my Boston memories for sure. <laughs> so Barry, any more? You got some just more? Just one more. I want to know no. if Tim if Tim was telling us the truth that he changed your career because you went through twenty games without scoring Wasn't it a goal. Twenty games you went with, like that <laughs> yeah. without it. I was eighteen, uh, and I actually did I did a twenty three year last year, so I uh, I won up it last year. Oh wow. Yeah, so I did 18 games, and it got so bad that the coach finally put me on a line with Buster. Me and, and uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like the look in the mirror moment. It's like, it's either yeah, this it or like, I got to get my shit together. You were, yeah. You were on Zip Recruiter. <laughs> I'm like, this, this, I got I to gotta figure this out. I can't, I can't do this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, listen, I got one more because Barry cut me off. I was just going to ask you. Um, being a family man now, having children, playing in the NHL, how has it changed from like when you were the single guy, not worrying about nothing, and now all of a sudden you get 
your wife and kids and how, how has that changed you? I mean, it's, I think, it, well, I know it's, it's changed me like hugely, you know, for the better, I think, um, you know, just like the accountability of, yeah, kind of being in charge of other people's lives is, is a huge responsibility. And, um, you know, going from, yeah, not having to care in the world, just kind of coming home and just doing whatever you want all day, every day to, you know, having to, yeah, look out for, for the kids and, um, you know, sort of hiding maybe a good game or a bad game and just being dad and, and, and kind of leaving work at work is, uh, it's a skill and it, 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 you know, it takes a while to, to learn, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it definitely has its challenges, you know, it has its challenges and, and, um, but, uh, you know, to be a dad like that, like kind of my two biggest goals in my life were to be a dad and to, you know, be a professional athlete and to kind of be doing those things, you know, side by side is just, um, pretty grateful. You know what I mean? It's pretty, pretty awesome. Especially when you're so old, especially when you're the 17th oldest player. <laughs> the 17th oldest player. No, oh, it's no, great I mean, to hear. Cause we talked about that like two years or when I saw you two times ago, we had a long talk about that. Just how hard that is. And sounds like it's going good. At least like patience, your patience is probably a lot better, right? My patience is a lot better now because um, all three kids are in all day school now. So maybe <laughs> Mace, is, Mace is in kindergarten all day. So like, yeah, my patience is great now. I have all it's day. It's like, every- I love my kids, but get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, oh man. Yeah. I mean, you, you learn pretty quick that like, you know, it's nobody cares about you had a bad game or a good game or a long night or a short night or what you want to do right now. Like you're, you got to step up. It's, you know, like time for you to step up. So that was, uh, that was life changing and it, it for, for the good though. Good stuff. But listen, Blake, uh, I, w- I want to thank you again for taking the time. Um, it was awesome having you on. And, um, again, nothing but respect for you. Really. I've, yeah. I've like I said, I've watched you over the years and it's impressive what you've done. Consistent as ever. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Appreciate you. Um, guys.